This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I believe what God's spoken in my heart is going to really touch you today. Uh, we welcome all of you as a visitor, a guest, all of the above. If you need a Bible, get your hand up. Our ushers will gladly assist you of putting the sword in your hand. Once you get a Bible, go with me to 2 Chronicles 16. We'll be there all morning for the most part in 2 Chronicles. But we'll begin in 2 Chronicles 16 right after the Samuels and the Kings and into the Chronicles. And you probably saw the introduction there that sometimes life is like a maze for every one of us. And so as human beings, it's like we're always on a search for something. You know, we search for... A title, we search for money, we search for fame, we search for happiness, we search for joy, just all of the above. But what I found in life that we can search for every one of these things all we want and they won't satisfy. And in Matthew 6 verse 33, the Lord said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. And so it's important we we get a hold of that. Seek God first. But many times we don't know this, that we may be on a search, but Father God's on a search. And so I want you to see biblically what Father God is on a search for. So we begin in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Now, it's quite an interesting statement, isn't it? That he's not looking for an ID or an identity. He's not looking for looks. He's not looking for how much money you have. He's not looking for your education. He's not looking for talents. But he's on the search for a certain type of heart. And it says a loyal heart or a, a committed heart. In Proverbs 5, verse 21, it says, The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. And so understand this. Every day, it's like this, that that God, he's got a radar, and he's going to and fro across the earth, and he's looking, looking to show himself strong on behalf of human beings whose hearts are committed to him, that are totally committed to him. Now, turn a couple pages to 2 Chronicles 25. 2 Chronicles chapter 25. You know, we need to pay close attention to our heart. Proverbs 27, 19 says, A man's heart reveals the man. A man's heart reveals the inside of him. So what we're going to do here today, and I, I encourage you to read the Chronicles because what will happen, you'll come across king after king. And these kings' lives will be defined by just a couple words. It will say, They did really good in the eyes of the Lord, or they did really evil in the sight of the Lord. And we can learn from the ones who did good, and we can learn from the ones who did evil. So we begin in in 2 Chronicles 25, verse 1. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoden of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not... With a loyal heart. One translation says, not wholeheartedly. Listen to what the message says. For the most part, but wasn't wholeheartedly devoted to God. But for the most part he was. 
Now, when we read about these kings, it's very easy for me and you to look at these guys and say, man, what was up with those guys? Why didn't they do this or why didn't they do that? But when I read about these kings, I I like to put myself in the story. And so this morning, you're going to put yourself in the story. And it said, for the most part, he did what was right. Well, see, that's very similar with me and you. For the most part... I can serve God, but there may be areas in my life where I may be out of alignment just a little bit here, just a little bit there. And so let me ask you right there, um, am I wholeheartedly serving God or is there little parts of me that aren't? And this is what's exactly happening to this king right now. So we keep reading here to find out about what's going on. He had a man of God that came across his path and the man of God specifically said to him, if you'll serve God, God will give you power. So when we look and see that, that he didn't serve God wholeheartedly, what was part of his downfall? Well, verse 14 is where we'll pick back up here. Now, it was so after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the people of Zir and he set them up to be his gods. And he bowed down before them and he burned incense to them. Now, this is real interesting because he goes into this battle and they whip these guys. And in the process of whipping them, he takes their idols and he says, I'm going to take them back to my house and I'm going to serve them and I'm going to bow to them. Now, when you look at that, you sit there and think, why would he do that? Now, watch how it's explained in verse 15. Therefore... The anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? And so this prophet speaks into his life and says, Hey, dude, you're going to try to serve these false gods that you attacked these people, and they were such sorry gods, they couldn't stop me, but now you're going to serve them. Now this is where we put ourselves into the picture right here. I don't believe any of us in this room would probably worship a wooden idol, anything like that. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to bow to a wooden idol. But yet there's a whole other side of that. That many times in our lives, me and you, we run to the gods of success. We run to the gods of money. We run to the gods of entertainment. And so really, we're no different than them. And so let me ask you, what are the gods that you run to? What are the gods that pull your heart away from God? This is exactly what he's talking about here. So it's really no different than that for us. Verse 16. So it was as he talked with him, as the prophet or the man of God talked with him, that the king said to him, have we made you the king's counselor? Cease. You know what he was really saying instead of cease? Dude, shut up. Shut up. Why should you be killed? And the reason he was telling them, and and you got to ask yourself this question right now. Who has the power in your life to tell you no? Is there anybody in your life right now that can look at you with godly counsel, because this was a godly counselor, and say, that's wrong, don't do that. Because a lot of times there's people we look and say, there ain't nobody can tell me that. See, this is where we get in trouble. I believe God sends us godly people to speak into our life. So he goes on to say... Then the prophet ceased and said, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my voice. 
You wouldn't listen. Now, I wish I could tell you that this king repented and changed. But look down at verse 26 and watch how his life ends. Now, the rest of the acts of Amaziah, from the first to the last, indeed, they are not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. After the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. And when I see he turned away from following the Lord, two things. Number one, he quit seeking God. And number two, he wouldn't heed the advice of godly wisdom and godly counsel. And so he turns from serving God. They made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem. And he fled. He fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and they killed him. He defected and they ultimately assassinated him. Now this was the king at one time in his life who had served God. But I believe again you begin to see scripturally that when we quit seeking God, something begins to happen. So we jump into chapter 26, verse number 1. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his father. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. He reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding the vision of God, And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now he went out and made war against the Philistines. He broke down the walls of Gath, the wall of Jabna, and the wall of the Ashdod. And he built cities around Ashdod among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians that lived in Gerbel, and against the Munanites. Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. So we stop right there. This young guy, Uzziah, who takes the kingship at 16, he begins to experience incredible fame. He begins to experience incredible promise and incredible success. And when you begin to look at this, this just didn't happen coincidentally. So why did it happen? Well, let's go backwards a little bit. Look in verse 7. It said, God helped him. God helped him. And, and literally, it means that God surrounded him with a wall. And it was like this, that if you took on Uzziah, you had to go through God first. Because God helped him. God was the secret behind his success. Now, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. It says, he blesses his righteous and he gives them favor. His favor is like a shield around them. So right here you see the blessing of God upon this guy named Uzziah. And you see the favor of God. But one of the greatest questions I ask you, why? Why did this happen to this king Uzziah, but his father Amaziah did not happen to? Well, one of the keys we find is back in verse 5. Go back there with me. And it says, he sought God. He sought God. He humbly sought God. The message says he was a loyal seeker. Now, how does that play into me and you's lives right now? Hebrews eleven six says that God is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Something happens 
when we begin to seek God, when we seek God from everything that's within us, you know, we can come in here and we can go through the motions. But something happens when I purpose in my heart, I'm going to praise God from my heart. I want to give you everything I got, Lord, from my heart. I want to seek you from my heart. Now, if we were to go back in the book of Luke chapter 10, there were two women, starting verse 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, and there were two sisters named Mary and Martha. Martha was distracted, but Jesus looked at it and said, Martha, Martha, Mary's found the good thing, and it was to hear the word and to get in the presence of the Lord. I don't believe it's any different for me and you. And so he sought God. I look real close what it said. In the days of Zechariah. This guy, Zechariah here, this wasn't the minor prophet, Zechariah, okay? When you study this out, this guy, Zechariah, was a teacher. I believe he was possibly a pastor. I really do. And so he was an influencer in, in Uzziah's life. He was a friend of Uzziah. He encouraged Uzziah. He was like, Uzziah, you've got to seek God. You've got to learn to call out to God. You've got to fear God. And this is very important right here because I believe we all need Zacharias in our lives. Every one of us in this room who will encourage us to serve God, who will encourage us to even fear God. But another thing that Zachariah does, he doesn't tell you what you want to hear. He tells you what you need to hear. And I realize that's not always popular. When you look at somebody and say, this is what the Lord said. But every one of us need this. And so again, one of the keys of this guy named Uzziah's success is he listened to the counsel of godly people. That's why I don't care what, what you're looking at life. Find a godly banker. Find a godly doctor. Find a godly car salesman. Find whatever. Find godly people. They may not be perfect, but I tell you, they're seeking God. And so we see this guy named Zechariah, he speaks into his life, and we keep reading. Who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And that's big for every one of us in the room. Not that I just seek God. He said, as long as Uzziah kept seeking God. That's the key for every one of us. And so today, are you seeking God? Or are you more consumed with seeking the things of the world again? And so we can learn right here from these. Just like they had to learn, we can learn. Now you can stay right there if you want. I'm, I'm going I'm to stay in this passage. But i got to read you this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. The Lord Jesus said, My grace... My grace, you know what grace is, is unmerited favor. It's an undeserved blessing. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, or my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so it's a manifestation of his power, a God-given resource that makes possible holy living. An empowerment to achieve his plan and even endure in hardship. Man, I think it's one of the greatest things we can say every day when we wake up. Father God, I welcome fresh mercy today. 
And I welcome your grace today. And Lord, you said that your grace would be sufficient even in my weakness. So the reason I'm telling you this is because he's getting ready to experience some things. So we go back to the story. Verse 8. So his fame spread far as the entrance in Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong in his own eyes. So here this guy, he's been seeking God. Man, he's searching God. He's beginning to prosper. But there's some words in there that we got to pay attention to because he's beginning to experience some success in his life and now he overturns another rock in his life. And you know what it is? There's a thing called pride that will gradually try to start invading your life. And this is what happens to him. And none of us in this room are exempt from this. So we keep reading verse 9. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem. At the corner gate, at the valley gate, in the corner of the wall. Then he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and the plains. He also had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. And God was blessing this guy. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies according to the number of their role as prepared by Jeel the scribe. And Masai, the officer, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers of the mighty men of valor was 2,600. And under the authority was an army 307,500 that made war with the mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And everything's going good. Then Uzziah prepared for them for the entire army, shields and spears, helmets, body armor, bows and slings to cast stones. He made devices in Jerusalem, invited, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners, to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped. Now back in seven, it, verse 7, it said he was helped. Now we get over and you see, now he's marvelously helped. God is really moving in his life. But look at the last few words in verse 15. Till he... Became strong. Till he became strong in his own eyes. And when I become strong in my own mind. His life does a 180. He does a U-turn. Now watch what begins to happen here. Verse 16. But when he was strong in his heart. It was lifted up to his destruction. You begin to see how pride begins to come in. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And it literally says that when he was strong in his heart, was lifted up to his own destruction. And so this guy who had experienced incredible wealth, incredible blessings, he becomes arrogant in his own life. And what you'll see here, that his pride was rooted in a thing that he was not thankful. You know what it says? There is never one account of Uzziah ever given thanks to God. Ever. Let me ask you something. Do you give thanks to God? Do you say, thank you, Father God. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you. I mean, that should be one of our, our greatest 
things in our heart is to reveal our gratitude to God. Say, thank you, Father God. I mean, you go back and look at this guy at age 16. He didn't have a majority of this. But God began to bless him. But he never, never gave him thanks. So in this thought here is, if I'm not giving God thanks, and, and I'm, I'm not giving God glory for all the blessings he's put upon me, then who are you giving those thanks to? And so you begin to see right here how pride begins to take, take a root in him. And there is no humility. And one of the things I'll put out, point out here, you don't find him seeking God anymore. You don't see that referenced at all. Keep reading here, verse 16. For he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of the incense. Why was this such a big deal? This was reserved by Father God for only the priest. In other words, it didn't matter if you had a title of king, CEO, president, prime minister. You didn't go into the temple and do that stuff unless you were a priest. Keep reading. So Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant or brave men. And they withstood King Uzziah, and they said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the son of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. You see what pride does right here? I mean, he looks and, and he has this, this thought. You can't tell me No. I'm the king. And it causes great problems. And so now we find out that they end up saying to him, Get out of the sanctuary for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord your God. You'll have no respect or reverence. Because he felt like at this time in his life, he could override anything that they said. And so we go back and look. He quit seeking God. And number two, He wouldn't listen to godly advice. He wouldn't listen to these guys. Remember, pride will lead to your destruction for every one of us in this room. Verse 19. Then Uzziah became furious. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests... Leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, besides the incense altar. Now, how would you like to be there that day? I'll just tell you this right now. Thank God we live under his mercy and his grace. Because we really don't understand the full effect of leprosy until you begin to study it. But in the book of Leviticus, it talks about it over and over That when a human being contracted leprosy, people would immediately look at that person and start yelling, unclean, unclean, unclean. And the person that had leprosy, before he started approaching another person, he would have to warn them, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. So here's this king who'd experienced all this great success because pride comes into his life and he becomes so stinking arrogant that he wouldn't receive correction from anybody in his life. Leprosy strikes him. And when you had leprosy, you were quarantined from the rest of society. You were marked for life. 
And when you had leprosy, you were no longer allowed to come into the temple anymore. This shows how angry Father God got with him. And I look at this, and in both situations of King Amaziah and King Uzziah, neither one of them would repent. They were so hard-hearted and arrogant. I don't have to repent. You know, when, when our, our praise team was singing here earlier, in two of the songs, they, they mentioned the word pain in there. They mentioned pain. Now, many of you would probably recognize this. It's called the prayer of Jabez. And, and when Jabez prayed the prayer, he said, Lord, would you bless me indeed? Would you enlarge my territory? Would your hand be upon me? Would you keep me from evil? And that I cause no pain. That I cause no pain. Now, I will tell you this. I pray that over my own life every day. I say, Lord, help me to cause no pain. Help me to cause no pain. One of the reasons I pray that is because I caused a lot of pain growing up because of my choices. I caused a lot, a lot of pain to my mom and dad, to my family. The only thing you can do with the pain you've caused in other people's life is repent of it. You want to see the other side of that coin? Have you ever caused pain in another person's life? Has another person ever caused you pain? Now I can say this in my own life. I've had people that have caused me incredible pain. Incredible pain. Some of it, man, is just, I don't even like to talk about it. But when people cause pain against you, you know your only choice is? Forgive them. Forgive them. And so it's the same for every one of us. As believers, it's not easy to be a believer at times. It's not easy to be Christ-like. It's not easy to be a disciple of Christ. But you know what a disciple is? It's someone that not only follows the teacher, he follows his teaching. And so you can say, don't throw all that Christianese junk on me. I'm not putting it on you. It's the Word of God. And so when we want to live like Jesus, i got to get to the place, even when I cause pain or someone else causes me pain, I either repent or I forgive. And so in this situation, here this king is who, who had all this success, and now because he's what he's done, he's caused pain to his own life, and he's caused pain to other people. But watch how this thing begins to end in verse 20. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him. And there on his forehead, he was leprous. I tell you, it freaked him out. I guarantee it did. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. Pride goes before the fall. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. When I read this right here, you know how this king was remembered? He was remembered for his arrogant acts and his leprosy. And the last verse in this, this chapter says, he is a leper. 
He is a leper. It was almost like on his gravesite, instead of saying he was a beloved king, it said, he is a leper. And so we go all the way back to this, and I think, so what happened? I believe with all my heart, he quit seeking God, and he quit taking the advice of godly people. He quit surrounding him with godly people. And we can't be exempt. Turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter 10. Psalm chapter 10. As you're turning there, you don't drown by getting into water. You drown by staying there. Huh. It's the same with us. And spurts of obedience aren't enough. And what I mean by spurts of obedience, I know at times I mean, people will serve God for a week or two, maybe a month or two, where God said, man, I want you all the time. I want you all the time. And remember this right now, that his eyes are still scanning the earth to show himself strong on those whose hearts are loyal to him. Psalm 10, verse number 4. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God, does not inquire of God, does not yearn for God. Now, it's interesting right there, he labeled them the wicked, so when we quit seeking God, something happens on the inside. And watch how this verse ends. For God is in none of his thoughts. God is not in in his thoughts anymore. Now, listen what this verse was said about here. The secularization of any nation or any people with its removal of any mention of God in its schools, in its business, in its politics, or in its home, is a step toward ultimate downfall and judgment. Woo! First of all, that defines America, doesn't it? And it breaks my heart to say that. And I know you ones in the room who are older... I know it breaks your heart. But we don't give up. We keep praying and we keep standing. But it's interesting. He said this, that we will experience a downfall and we will experience judgment. But let me ask you this. Is God mentioned in your home? Is God mentioned in my life at all? I mean, would people be shocked if they knew you were a Christian? They looked at you and said, you're you're a Christian. You've got to be kidding. You're not a Christian. See again. My thoughts of everything is, man, in, in Jesus, in the Lord, we live and move and have his being in everything we do. And so we go back and we play this whole day here. And let me ask you right now. What are you seeking? What are you seeking today? You're seeking happiness. You're seeking fame. Because if you're seeking any of these things above God, our lives are out of order. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. Here's your thought this morning. As much as I love my wife, you know what the Lord spoke to my heart and said? You can't seek to please her above seeking to please me 
over and above it. I love my wife, but I'm telling you, it, it rocked my world when I thought that. Because he said, when you begin to do that, you begin to look at your spouse as more of a God. And you're saying, she will be the one that will please me and make me happy instead of him. So again, anytime I seek anything other than God first, I'm out of line. I'm out of order. Man, I tell you, God is moving in me. He, he's... He starts purging on me, I can tell. But understand this, that anytime God wants to purge you or prune you, the reason he does that, he's got a harvest in mind. I don't know if you've ever pruned rose bushes. I, I don't know that I would define me as a, as a pruner of rose bushes. I, I give them a pretty bad looking haircut. I, I don't use pruning shears. I'd take the tip of a shovel and I'd whack them off. And oh, Ken doesn't like to hear me say that. I had some rose bushes in my backyard, and they, they would thoroughly irritate me. And so when Shelly wasn't paying attention, I'd cut them off, which would take her about a day to figure out what I did. And as bad as the haircut I gave them, they would come back incredible. They would be beautiful. But there was a cutting back of pruning. And I believe that's what the Lord's wanting to do right here in this house. I believe he's doing that in the body of Christ to say, what are you really searching for? And then the second thing today, I got to ask you this is, what do you want to be remembered for? Better yet, not what do you want to be remembered for. What will you be remembered for? Oh, man, he, he was an incredible businessman. He was incredible this and that. I believe every one of us fell in here. If the things we're not uh, remembered by doesn't have to do with the kingdom of God. He was an incredible businessman because he trusted in God. He was an incredible husband because he loved Jesus with all his heart. And so it all comes back that my search has got to stay with God. And it's very easy in our society right now to get sidetracked. And this pull us and that pull us. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.